National Poetry Month is upon us, and this is a genre that students will love to explore. This week, we are going to dive into ways that you can incorporate poetry into your school day that promote reading. I truly feel that Poetry Month comes at this perfect time to allow for this sort of creative exploration and learning to take place during such a busy time like testing season. You can indeed strengthen your students' skills, which can ultimately prepare them for that upcoming test, all by way of exploring poetry. I am excited about this episode, and I hope that you will try some of these ideas that I share. Let's dive right into poetry and how we can embed reading. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back for those of you who are new and for those of you who are returning. Thank you so much for listening each week and supporting the Literacy Dive podcast. If you haven't already, pause here and go and leave a rating and a review. These will help others to find this podcast and it gives them a glimpse of what they can expect if they were to decide to listen to the Literacy Dive podcast. I love bringing you episodes each Monday, and I can't wait to dive into this one. So, National Poetry Month. There are many types of poetry. We're talking free verse, haiku, acrostic, sonnet, limerick, odes, and there are so many more. I am going to be touching on five ideas that focus on reading when aligned with poetry. Now, these ideas can be added as part of your reading block, so no additional time has to be carved out unless you want to give Poetry Month its own special time block. So number one is reading a poem each day. Now, I'm almost positive that you are probably not exploring poetry every single day, so if you can commit to reading one poem a day for the entire month of April, that is going to be something that stands out. Now, you might be wondering, where am I going to find all of these poems? Maybe you have a poetry book or two, but there's actually websites that offer these for free, or you could even check out poetry books from the library. So I'm going to be leaving a link in the show notes to a website where you can get a poem a day. And while some of the poems will be great for your students, you might decide that the poem that's shared isn't. And so you can definitely have some backup poems on standby so that you have a poem a day. So there are websites that offer these poems. I'm going to leave that in the show notes for you. But the library is definitely going to be a place that you want to visit because there are going to be a whole section on poetry and you can decide what types of poems are in the books that are at the library and you can be able to expose your students to a lot of different forms of poetry. So go do this now ahead of the April rush. And if there is not a library near you, thank goodness for the internet because there is a lot of poetry sites to use for your classroom teaching. 
So you would want to open up your school day with the poem of the day, or if you have morning meeting, maybe you want to embed the poem of the day at that time, and you want to be able to explore it. You're going to print that poem for each of your students, and I like to keep a poetry book during the whole month of April, and I like to do that so that they can be able to keep track of the poems that we do read, and then they can always go back and reread poems at their own leisure. Now, when I'm mentioning that I like to have a poetry book, you can very well go and purchase actual notebooks or something fun, but I like to do the standard handmade notebooks, and that is just taking blank paper, I take a piece of colorful cardstock, and I place the blank paper on top of that cardstock, and I fold it in half. I staple the binding, and then I give it to my students. I let them create covers. They can choose if they want their book to be vertical or horizontal. That does not matter to me. You can definitely create a cover that says something like my poems or National Poetry Month, but you could also just give it to them blank and let them decorate it the way they want to. So I like to give them a poetry notebook, and inside of that, any poem that we talk about or that we explore We will go in depth with it. We will try to identify what type of poem is it. We think about who the author is of this poem. And then we kind of think about like, why was it written and what is it talking about? But once we are done exploring, I will take that poem, I will shrink it down on the copy machine, and I will give them a personal tiny poem that they can add to their poetry notebook. Now, I prefer the paper to be blank because when they're putting that poem inside, I like to leave the rest of that white space for them to illustrate maybe what they're seeing visually while reading the poem. So it just gives them a fun time when they can be able to illustrate if they want to, or they can jot down any other kinds of notes or thinking about that poem. So keeping a notebook and reading a poem a day, and then giving your students that poem for them to keep and reference for the rest of April and beyond. The second idea is reading biographies. Now, this is not a surprise right now. I feel like I've been talking about biography for the whole entire year, but this is a great month to continue that biography genre and that biography exploration. February was Black History Month, March was Women's History Month, and during April, you can learn about the lives of the different poets around the world. I love this because we are now able to focus on all poets, women, men, young poets, older poets, past, present, different nationalities, different cultures. You can be able to place a focus on a variety of different poets and take a deep dive into their lives and you can uncover what steps they took to become successful and what made them interested in poetry. You can explore how or where they got their inspiration And the best part about biographies and people sharing their lives and being able to read about their lives are that these inspirations and really, really monumental things that people went through before writing poetry can impact your students. It could give them the inspiration that they need because this person did it. So you might be wondering, well, where am I going to get biographies from these poets? Like, how am I going to find a list of it? And it's very simple. If you'd read a poem a day, every poem that you read is going to have an author connected to it. So you could very well just decide that you're going to pull that author of the day 
and learn a little bit more about their life. Now, of course, you would not be reading biographies every single day about someone different, but you could focus on biography in your read aloud and focus on maybe one person. And you might not be able to find an actual hard copy book, but you can definitely search the internet, you can find videos, and you can still teach biography focusing on that person's life. I'm telling you, kids love biography, and by now, they are probably biography experts. And so you can definitely keep this learning going, and if nothing else, you can encourage your students to look up those people's names, those poets' names, the different authors of the poetry you're allowing them to explore, and then during their literacy centers, they can choose to look up someone, and they can be able to enjoy the art and love of reading by way of reading about someone's life that way. So biographies are definitely something that you want to keep going. Number three, read about the history of Poetry Month. Now, like all national days and national months, it's important to learn the history of how this even came to be. And kids really are fascinated by it. They hear it all the time, but I know I wonder where in the world did this even come from? So in your literacy centers, you can easily add Poetry Month informational text so that students can actually learn the history. And I'm going to actually link a kid-friendly informational text along with some other activities that can easily go into your literacy centers and support reading and writing that way. But for reading, there are informational texts that you can easily put into your centers And that way, you are allowing your students to learn about the history. They can also answer some comprehension questions that really solidifies that information they're learning, and they're going to understand why we even have this month. I truly believe that sharing the history of important events, no matter how big or how small they are, helps to play an important part in adding new knowledge within our kiddos that they can actually use and apply to anything in the future when it comes to making connections or gaining new information about other topics. So just providing them with these important real facts and information is definitely something that I value and that can easily be put into your literacy center. So if you are looking for a kid-friendly passage and some activities that can go and teach your students about the history of Poetry Month, check the show notes for that link. Number four, this is one of my favorites, and it is reading poetry, but reading it to others. Now, whether it's a poem from a poet or whether it is self-created, having students read poetry aloud is beneficial because poetry does not follow the same patterns as fiction and nonfiction texts that students are used to reading day in and day out. So for this, you can team up with just students in your own class, or you can team up with other classes within your grade level, or you can even find a class that is lower than you. Allow students to visit and read their poetry with expression to these students. Again, I always had no problem finding another classroom who would open up their class for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and let a few students go and read poetry for a couple of days out of the month. But if you're having trouble finding another classroom or another person on your team, then you can definitely have students just read it to each other in your own class. So team up if you can and allow them to read their poetry with expression to an audience. Now, before they read 
or after they get done reading, you will want to have your students share the type of poem that it was. So have them do a little bit of research about that. Share the poet, and maybe you can share a fun fact if you've encouraged them to read up on that person's life. And then they can also share some of the elements that they found within the poem. If your students are kind of stuck, the easiest thing is to share about the rhyme scheme. So does that poem have a rhyme scheme? And if so, what is it? How do you know? And just get them to be talking about the poetry elements based on what they've learned by way of their poem. You could also have them share something like the stanzas. Does it have stanzas? How many lines are in the stanzas? Get them using that vocabulary and get them using the poetry terminology in their sharing. And then lastly, you can have them share the meaning of that poem or what that poem meant to them. We all know that sometimes poems are very explicit in what the author was trying to relay by way of the poetry, but then sometimes it's not explicit. And because there's so much figurative language and it was written in such a different way that we're really not used to that we actually have to use our thinking about, well, what did we gain from this poem? And that could vary from someone else and what they gained. So allowing them to have a little bit of reflection time in the beginning or at the end is a nice touch when it comes to reading poetry to others. And the fifth way, which is kind of not even a way, it's just something that comes by way of poetry, but it's really focusing on the reading skills. So with poetry, a heavy focus can be placed on figurative language, and we know that that is really fun to use and it's fun to read, but it is really, really difficult to understand. So with all of this poetry exploration, if you can find different places where there are similes and metaphors and personification and really stop and pause and think about what does the author mean? What did the poet mean when they said this? That's just going to strengthen that figurative language muscle that they can then apply to other types of reading, whether it is for fun, whether it is for a test. With the reading skills, they can also practice intonation and expression. Based on the way that that poem is written or what symbols might be within that poem, maybe they're seeing hyphens, maybe there are an ellipsis set. Whatever it is that's in that poem, they are going to have to read it in the way that it was written, and sometimes it's not going to follow any specific pattern. So it's a really, really great time to focus on the intonation and the expression of what we do as readers. Also, you could think about compare and contrast, and because they're going to be reading a lot of different types of poetry, when you're focusing on compare and contrast, it's going to help to show the differences within poetry. And it also can help to show what elements are embedded in one that another one might not have. So this is just going to bring more awareness to the different forms and types of poetry. And whenever they see the poems in action, again, whether it might come up on a test, they will be able to use all of that background knowledge to be able to work their way through what that poem is and how to read it, how to decipher it. A big takeaway or something that I want to leave you with is that really just allow this to be an authentic engagement with poetry. Allow students to feel it, to explore with it, to ask questions about it, to really start making generalizations and start trying to just understand it, to see it. This is going to transfer when students see poetry in other places 
or on their state exams. So if you allow it to be authentic, this is going to naturally transfer there and students are not going to be freaked out and scared when they see these different types of unfamiliar genres make way on their test. All in all, reading about poetry can be really fun and engaging for kids and for teachers. This is an exciting time because exploration can be placed on a genre that doesn't really get much love. Your students will learn so much through reading poetry, and you just have to allow these moments and opportunities to happen within your classroom. Reading a poem a day, reading biographies, reading about the history of Poetry Month, and reading poetry to others can be spiraled throughout the month and will not take much of your time. As always, it never hurts to add poetry into other months as well, but because April is National Poetry Month, you may as well get that automatic buy-in because this whole month is dedicated to poetry. So simple amounts of exposure is key, and there are also reading skills that lend themselves well to poetry, so do not miss the chance to go deeper on those skills or spiral them into your teaching throughout that specific month. Now, are you looking for even more tips? Because last year I shared an episode with some more tips that you might enjoy. Episode 25 shares five tips for teaching poetry, and I would encourage you to take a listen to that episode if you are looking for more support. One of my favorite ways to incorporate poetry is through performance poetry, and I dive deep into that in that episode, episode 25. All you have to do, if you don't want to hear the whole thing, scroll about eight minutes in for tip number four, and you can hear about performance poetry there. You can also go about 11 minutes in, and you can hear my personal favorite types of poetry to teach to students, and I explain what each one of them is, so if you're not sure, you can get that rundown there. So again, that is episode 25 on the Literacy Dive podcast. I will also link directly to that episode in the show notes. So we are going to be finishing this current month by focusing on poetry and weaving it into writing. So between this week and next week, you are going to feel equipped with some actionable ideas to start April off strong. Come back next Monday as we dive into poetry by way of writing. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.